episode 22 of Mondo Cool Movie Dudes. My name is Mac. My name is Sean. And my name is Keith. This week's months, years, Millennium's movie is 1974's... I think, I think it's going to be the next epoch, right? We're moving into the Pleistocene. <laughs> this week's movie is 1974's Phantom of the Paradise, directed by Brian De Palma, starring William Finley, Paul Williams, Jessica Harper, George Mamoli, and Garrett Graham. Phantom of the Paradise is a 1974 American horror comedy rock opera film. How about Blossom? All right, notorious record tycoon Swan has sold his soul to the devil for eternal youth and success 20 years ago. Swan's current scheme is to steal the music from meat composer Winslow Leach to celebrate the opening of his rock palace, The Paradise. While trying to stop Swan, Leach was framed and convicted for drug dealing and becomes the victim of a freak accident that leaves him horribly disfigured. He takes refuge in the cavernous paradise, hiding his mangled face beneath an eerie mask and planning gruesome vengeance upon Swan and everyone else who has hurt him. However, Leach signs a contract with Swan to complete his rock opera based on the legend of Foss for an aspiring singer, Phoenix. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's on half the movie. What was the other one where it was like a sentence and it was like, what the fuck? Oh. Uh, thanks killing. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is that? So, what's you guys' history with Fan of the Paradise? I think we all kind of know those movies from Sean. I bought it at a local movie record store, bookstore. It's about 20 bucks on Blu-ray. Yeah, I was on the fence about buying it. The cover looked really interesting. It looks really fun. I and might like post it. a picture of this on the Facebook page or something. So yeah, see it. it looks like wow, this is like a crazy adventure movie. But it also like looks like it could be really bad and just like really cheesy and just low budget and just garbage. You know, like a total B picture. I took the gamble and did it work out? Well, we'll find out. Because I think we were uh, living together at the time you bought it, and I had trepidation about watching it. I was like, this looks like it could be really bad or really good. But eventually, yeah, I did watch it and I liked it at the time. I, had you even heard of it, Keith? No, I had heard you name drop it like once or twice, yeah. Sean, but I never actually seen it or even seen the cover until you let me borrow it a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah I bought it just based on the cover, yeah. really. <laughs> the cover is, it's bizarre, but yeah. in, in a good way. A lot of weird facial expressions going on. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. You gotta see it. But no, yeah, outside of that, I have no history with this movie. I had no idea what it was about or that it even really existed. Yeah, it's a fairly obscure movie for whatever reason. So let's do the cast. First up, what do you guys think of William Finley who played Winslow Leach and also The Phantom? He's great. When I first put the Blu-ray in and I've started watching this guy because he starts out and he's like just playing a song which yeah it's a good song he's not doing the voice but once you see him like acting and he's so good he's so funny he, like his body language is great he's just like tall lanky nerdy looking guy he displays a lot more range than you would think he would initially my reaction to him at first when i saw him i thought he was kind of boring like just like this sort of meek song writer trying to make it big but no one really pays attention to him right at the beginning though you see his strength when he's like oh yeah. he wants to get the juicy fruits to play and he's like the juicy fruits and puts up the, ma the club manager right up against the wall. It that foreshadows his strength. He's really cool. Not just his strength, but also just, like his general state of mind. He's kind of yeah. chaotic because like a lot of time he is like kind of mild mannered, but you know it's like that all of a sudden just sets him off. Yeah, he, uh, I had been really excited a second before. To me, I thought it was interesting, like because he plays not really that much of a spoiler because I mean I think it happens twenty maybe thirty minutes in. He becomes yeah. the Phantom of the Paradise and he plays the two roles so distinctly mm -hmm. that it's almost easy to forget that oh that was when. He's more graceful as the Phantom. Yeah, he's swinging he's, around and stuff. And he's way more like vicious too. and maniacal. Yeah, like um, kill people if he has to. Like some of oh. some of his cacklings and his guttural roars. Yeah, yeah, he's got this crazy like computer voice. After he gets like that voice box thing, I get like a little bit of a Darth Vader vibe. Yeah, right. Because he has like the yeah. distinctive helmet, black outfit. He has to have like a machine help him talk. He's and, got a cape, and he's also like really powerful too. Mm. Is there wheezing in the machine? Or he goes like I think oh, he does kind of or wheeze something. sometimes. 
Yeah. It almost reminds me of watching early Woody Allen movies. Like there was one where Woody Allen played like a criminal. <laughs> like the way uh, how he runs, right? He's just like this <laughs> yeah. goofy, like nerdy kind of guy who gets into like these crazy situations. He kind of reminded me of like an older Napoleon Dynamite with the oh, way yeah. his hair was set up and the glasses that he was wearing. Yeah, post high school trying to work <laughs> on his, his new katana and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah he's great. His range and his, his kind of shift is believable. You, you kind of buy why he would turn into the Phantom. I feel like it's kind of just considering what happens yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah. And like just how he portrays the, the pain, the anger, the frustration. It's good. Next up we have Paul Williams who was swan. I like the, this guy too. Yeah, I thought he was really great. He was like evil Elton John. Yeah. He did have an Elton John kind of look. Also, not to give away the appearance, I say, Sean, this might be a good Halloween costume idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could actually, yeah, I could do it. And yeah. I could get like tinted prescription Yeah, glasses. just get some creepy sunglasses and like some weird clothes. Like, get this bleep out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, the, get the white gloves. Going. I like that shot where it's like him clapping with like the, it's like all muffled because he's wearing the white gloves. And oh, yeah. erupts and cheers. But yeah, he was great. He was the perfect you know, kind of like charming devil kind of guy. He was a trickster fellow. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. He was great. I really liked his voice. I liked his stature for whatever. He yeah, he's, like, he's only five foot two in real life. Very yeah. small man. He brought like a lot of presence to his role. I don't know. Even yeah. though he was such a small person, he seemed really Somehow like, that pathetic. adds to he it. Just... Like, I think it's like the fact that he is such a small guy, but it still has so much power in the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he a small motherfucker. Yeah, like, like he yeah. seems legitimately scary. You know, you don't want to mess with Swan. Yeah, so <laughs> in any case, You know, I really like this guy. The singing voice of Winslow is actually performed by this guy, and he's actually, Paul Williams, he's more well-known as a singer and songwriter than he is as an actor. He's acting in quite a few movies. He's more known as a, as a singer and songwriter. He scored several films, like I can't remember which ones, but he did the original score for some other Brian De Palma movies, I believe. And actually, he did the score for this movie, that's right. Oh! That's a big thing to remember, yeah. He, this, this, yeah, all the songs in this movie, he wrote them. Which, by the way, what do you guys think about the score and I thought the it was songs? really good. It was a mixed bag for me at first like the first time I watched it I wasn't like enthralled by it but I wasn't really like interested either but then the second time I watched it and I kind of had an idea of what was going on they all had way more impact I think the songs range from pretty good to like really good but I pretty much like them all yeah I pretty much like them all too I like also that this movie it's kind of like a rock opera but I guess we yeah. should say at the front it's not a musical no no um, not really yeah nobody's like expressing feelings or story through song like, it's just it's like, like a movie acts. that's like about music and about the music business and there's like a lot of music in it but nobody just starts singing instead of speaking like in a traditional music so that for me is a plus because i don't really like musicals i like movies like this that have a lot of good songs and music in them yeah you didn't want him to have a uh, soliloquy on top of the rooftop (laughs) and like the darkness and the thunder like him lamenting about his well or when he's fucking climbing that fucking thing at the end and there's a big pool do you remember that part i do remember that that part i think so rocky horror picture show or whatever it's so boring i forget it because it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, that was a boring song. So Paul Williams was kick-ass. Next up, we have Jessica Harper, who played uh, Phoenix. I liked her a lot, too. I thought she was awesome. She seems, I don't want to say innocent. She's spunky. She wanted to work and create music. She wasn't interested in the culture around how music was created. Uh, yeah, she Un- was not a, a show business type of person. She yeah. was more like the, a regular person. She was yeah. for the craft. Yeah, yeah, so like she didn't want to be exploited or anything, and I bought that, and then at the end of the movie, she shifts, and she kind of has a taste for the stage, and then I bought that too I really I liked her performance yeah she's sort of corrupted by Swan I thought she was good I thought she was really naturalistic I thought also she's a good singer great she had a good set of pipes on her really good singing voice also should she look really familiar to you guys yeah kind of I'm not really sure I don't know what it is she reminded me of I should look her up see what else she was in maybe I've seen her in something she didn't remind me she didn't stick out as 
anybody that like I would have associated with her. She, she reminds does... me of like that chick from Indiana Jones. Oh, from the is that her? No, um, with, from the first Raiders one, right? of the Lost Ark. Yeah, oh. is that her? I really I don't think don't so. Think so. Because I think I did look her up, and I don't remember seeing anything okay. like that. No, She's that's just... somebody else. But yeah, they, uh, the kind of dark features, like the dark hair and eyes, and um, she and Scrooge. I don't know. That's <laughs> you know what? I think maybe she really was really familiar. I don't know. We can look it up later. But yeah. but, and then we got George Mamoli, who played Arthur Philbin, oh. Swan's like kind of second in command. That grease ball. <laughs> yeah, this guy's a sleaze. It was awesome. <laughs> he, he was, was good. Really good. He was a dirty sob. I've seen him a couple other movies. He was in Mean Streets, and I'm pretty sure he was the person who, at least from the movies I've seen, delivered the first utterance of the term douchebag I've heard in a movie. 1973. It's pretty early. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah. that made me laugh a lot because I didn't know people <laughs> said that back then, but they did. And he's, nice. in, he's in a few other things I've seen. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty good actor. No, he did a good job in this. He played that sleazy like right hand man guy pretty well. Yeah, yeah he's he was. Uh, he's a pretty prominent character too. He was in a movie that really didn't have many characters, which is I think kind of a strength. You get to spend so much time with each of them. Yeah, they're all developed so well. It's, yeah, it's cool. So George Moly, pretty good. And last but not least, Garrett Graham who played Beef. <laughs> man, I fucking love Beef. I'm trying to do a Beef voice right now. I'll do the song, but I'm not doing it in drag. I'll uh. do the song, but I'm not doing it in drag. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, you better man. get a castrata to do this. This was written for a chick. No, man, I don't want to take that. That'll take me down. He kind of reminds me of Shore Leave on Venture Brothers. He's oh, like a shit. really effeminate gay dude, but he's like kind of like of a badass at the same time. Like <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't put up with shit from people. I don't know if I remember that guy. Um, I remember. No, he was the guy yeah. who wore the, the short pants and he had the sailor hat, right? Yeah. No, I don't remember that. It's been a while since I've seen those. He's uh, more in the later seasons. It's pretty yeah. funny. No, I like um, this guy. He displayed a lot more depth than the usual like guy they bring in to fuck over the main guy usually does. Like when things start to get dicey, He's like, no, I'm out. I don't want. I don't want any yeah. part of this. He's yeah. like, it's more trouble than it's worth. Like when he actually hears word that like anybody who plays Wilson's music will die, but Phoenix, he's out. He packs his bags. He's down the fucking stairwell. Yeah. He's, he's like, awesome. Can't you feel the vibes in this place? The karmic soup so thick you can swim in it. I'm telling like you, that. there's something <laughs> spooky around. Yeah, it's it's really the good. The phantom is real. Did you guys notice that uh, his little facial tattoo changed from scene to scene? Yeah, it was. Yeah. it was just it was drawn on with makeup. Yeah, his like you can makeup. You see him drawing it on in one scene. I wasn't uh, sure if that was like a running gag that they didn't really like put any attention to. Nah, he just like screw around it. with makeup. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, this guy, he was good. He also, was a he, funny guy. He played Bud the Chud in Chud 2. What? No shit. The fuck is Chud 2? Have you heard of Chud? Have you heard of no, the Chud? I've never heard of Chud. Chud. New York. It stands for Cannibalistic <laughs> Humanoid Underground Dwellers. In New York. Oh, shit. Underneath yeah, New York, man. Yeah, it's an 80s movie. So that's what you were talking about yeah. in uh, Escape from New York. Yeah, Chud. Oh, yeah, the Chuds. There's yeah. Chud everywhere. There's fucking Chuds everywhere. Yeah, I thought he was like just a really likable character. He, he was probably my favorite character, really. I think he's the most fun person to watch in yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah, he and was definitely his, having the I think most his fun. dialogue is probably the best written and the funniest. He yeah. that gets all the best lines in this nice. movie. Yeah, he's really great. And it's hard to hate him. He's just kind of brought in to do a job. They and then things he, get spooky, and he comes. That's what he says. He I'm a professional. Professional. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he thinks Winslow's <laughs> dead. He doesn't think he's hurting anybody. Yeah, that's true. Good cast, really, all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so let's get into the brief history, and I do mean semi-brief, of Phantom of the Paradise.
So Phantom of the Paradise is loosely based on several classic works of fiction. The Phantom of the Opera by Gaston LaRue, The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe, and the old German legend of Faust. Writer-director Brian De Palma first attempted to get the film made in the late 60s. William Finley was nearly injured for real in the scene in which his character is disfigured. The scene was shot in an actual record-pressing plant. Oh. Finley's scream in the scene was caused by genuine surprise. Wow. So basically, yeah, they put his head in a fucking record press, and they put these things in to, like, barricade it to keep it from closing all the way in, and they broke. Holy so shit. So he could have gotten fucked up for real. Holy crap. That's... Kubrick yeah. would be proud. It's too yeah. real. <laughs> An actual sacrifice in your movie, bro? That's awesome. That's so metal. <laughs> That's way cool. <laughs> and by the way, that was actual archived recordings of Stanley Kubrick. Oh, nice. Yeah, just now. Wasn't that good? Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> Garrett Graham was so sick in the Life at Last scene, he could barely walk. I think that was the scene where he's actually performing in front of the crowd, doing the do and the funky chicken do. Uh, the electronic room where Winslow composes his cantata was a real-life recording studio called The Record Plant, and the walls covered with knobs were actually a giant synthesizer called Tonto that that's all caps T-O-N-T-O. That's, that's Wow, sweet. that's fucking really cool. Which is, to this day, the largest multi-timbral polyphonic analog synthesizer in the world. <laughs> Filters. I like that room a lot. Oh, that, that was awesome. really cool. Like, it looked more like a, like an audio recording dungeon. Than like, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, was, like yeah, was appropriate. The Paradise scenes were shot at the Majestic Theater in Dallas, Texas. And oh yeah, all the extras weren't actual extras. They just got people off the streets of Dallas. Which I think is why they look like <laughs> nice. they're having so much fun. It was yeah. just random ass people who got to be in this crazy movie. Yeah. Everybody looks like they're having a blast. Yeah. They did have a lot of people in this too. So yeah. yeah, there were a lot. A lot of extras. Yeah, I think it's a big yeah. theater. Sissy Space worked as a set dresser in the film along with her future husband Jack Fisk who was the production designer. Jack Fisk by the way is the guy who played the man in the planet in Eraserhead. Interesting. Yeah. The guy with the knobs? Yep. The levers? And oh. yeah like at the time they made Eraserhead like he was married to Sissy Spacek who got a big payday with Carrie I'm guessing and a lot of how the movie was able to be made was like she gave a bunch of completion funds. The fictional record label in the film was originally supposed to be called Swan Song Records rather than Death Records but the name change was forced when the production was sued by Led Zeppelin's record label, which is also called Swan Song. <laughs> Despite the producers of the film being confident they could win the suit, they decided to simply change the name rather than hold up production. The studio changed its mind several times about which actor would play which character. Paul Williams almost played Winslow, Garrett Graham was going to play Swan, and the studio wanted Peter Boyle to play Beef. But, Boy Boyle. but Boyle was unavailable at the time. John Frankenstein, you played oh, Frankenstein. Yeah. Everybody was Raymond Dad. Uh, that would have been weird as hell, but probably would have been cool. I think the casting Oh, Garrett Graham was perfect. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. It's interesting to think about. Williams declined to play Winslow because he didn't feel menacing enough to play the Phantom. That would have been a little Phantom, five foot two Phantom. I guess it would have been weird. It's a Phantom height. Mini Phantom. Pocket size. <laughs> it's my Polly Phantom. Polly, la, la, Polly. How many more can we get out? <laughs> I think we can squeeze a few more. <laughs> squeeze out a few more turds. Finley wound up in the role of Winslow, which De Palma had written with him in mind. According to Finley, John Voight was also considered for the role of Swan, which I can't imagine. Sissy Spacek and Linda Ronstadt were also considered for the role of Phoenix. Jessica Harper actually does look and sound quite a bit like Linda Ronstadt. The introductory narration was provided by the Twilight Zone and Night Gallery writer and host, Rod Serling. I fucking knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise was made with a budget of $1.3 million and made how much worldwide? How much was it made with? One. 
1.3 million, which is actually not much even in today's money. It's like almost 7 million That's in 2017. What year did it come out? 1974. 1974. I'm going to say it made 2.5 million. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with like it made it, its money back, maybe. I'll go a bit higher. I'll do 4 million, maybe. Trick question. I don't know how much it made. Whoa! <laughs> Pulled out the rug from under us. Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah, it was a, a commercial dungeon. failure, is all I really was able to know. Like, it's not even on box office mojo. Maybe it's too old. Oh, wow. Uh, however, the film was a smash hit in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, mm. where it maintains a cult following oh. to this day. The true north. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Caviesa. Yeah, they, they still have screenings regularly in, in Winnipeg at some that's, of the theaters there. And that's cool. I don't know why they liked it so much, but they did. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe huh? I was bored up there. <laughs> it's very cold. Not a lot going on. So a little bit about Brian De Palma, the director of this film. Born in Newark, New Jersey in 1940, Brian De Palma's career began back in the 60s with his first well-known film being 1968's Greetings. He achieved major success starring in the 70s, especially in the crime genre. He's also known for Hi Mom, Sisters, <laughs> Obsession, Carrie, The Fury, Dress to Kill, Blowout, Scarface, Body Double, Wise Guys, The Untouchables, Casualties of War, The Bonfire of the Vanities, Raising Cain, Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible, Snake Eyes, Mission to Mars, Femme Fatale, The Black Dahlia, Redacted, and Passion. Of the Christ? No, of the no Christ. It's, just, it's called Passion. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, that's Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's. Mel Gibson's epic exploitation, <laughs> Passion of the Christ. Yeah, that's not what is that? What's that music doing? Oh yeah, That's that's. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is my escape from LA notes. I was like, what is oh, this? Oh, shit. Yeah, Told but... you guys we're doing the same movie again this week. Yeah, dude, we're going to oh do it better. God. We're going to do we, it. Well, we haven't done Escape from L.A. yet. We're going to do it in HD. HDizzle <laughs> 4K. Oh, yeah. God, I got to have that 4K. Yeah, dude. I mean, I got to have so much resolution that my shitty human eyes just can't even perceive <laughs> the actual resolution going K's. on. I just need that. Help me out. That's how I feel about that. I want my resolution <laughs> to be so high right. that my head just fucking implodes. I yeah. I melt like oh. an Indiana Jones. <laughs> Cave in on scanners. Just cave in on scanners, yeah. Yeah, like that kid at the pumpkin mask in yeah. Halloween 3. So we start out, we have the old-ass 20th Century Fox logo. Like pretty old. And then we get the Rod Serling intro, and he tells us all about Swan, who has apparently no other name, and his past is a mystery. He had his first gold record at 14, and he said he brought the blues to Britain, brought yeah. Liverpool to America. He brought folk and rock together. His band, the Juicy Fruits, single-handedly gave birth to the nostalgia wave in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys yeah. ever heard of the band Sha Na Na? I don't think I have. That sounds pretty familiar. They were um, this band. They started in the late 60s, but I think they're pretty popular around the time this movie came out. They played at Woodstock, and they were really out of place, because they basically did, oh. like, sort of updated versions of, like, 50s pop, and that's who they wanted to play the Juicy Fruits, but they mm. didn't wind up getting them to do it, but that's basically who they're based on. So while this introduction's going on, we have, like, this swirling white image that's on a swirling colored backdrop, and it's uh, yeah. his logo for his company. It's a dead bird. Yeah, it's just like a dead crow or raven or something. Yep. And then it smash cuts to uh, the Juicy Fruits and they're balls here. doing their opening number. I got a really big Happy Days vibe off yeah. of this whole Yeah, the, the text, right? It was yeah. like the, the glittery text. The yeah. glittery text and just they were how they were dressed. Like you had like a group of oh, people yeah. that were dressed up like Fonzie. We were talking about like 90s nostalgia recently and how it does seem like if you look back, it feels like people are always like wishing it was 20 years ago. Like in the 70s, yeah. there's a lot of like 50s stuff. That 70s show was kind of referenced 
it's that. Like, hey, they had all these 50s shows in the 70s, so let's put a 70s show in the 90s. Wasn't Grease made in the 70s? 78, I believe. Yeah, yeah and there was Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, yeah. Love American Style, which is like the precursor to Happy Days. And yeah, I think the 60s were just too fucking crazy for people. <laughs> let's go back to a more boring time. <laughs> I don't know, they seem like they might fit in over in Japan, over with Wild Zero. Yeah, because I think that was a big thing maybe in the 90s, because like, I remember yeah. like when I was homeschooled in like the early 2000s, reading this book about Japan in the modern day of probably the 90s when the book was written. And there was something in that book, too, about, like, the greaser thing still being a big deal. You said you saw the, them whip out a huge joint. I did see, like, the bass player was smoking it. I thought it was a cigarette. It's in the background. It's when this lead singer of the Juicy Fruits starts, like, speaking to the audience. In the background, his two bandmates, which they don't actually play instruments. Like, they're just, like, ornaments. Like, there do not... seem to be extra guys in some of these bands. <laughs> yeah, like, they're not, like, a guitar wolf and or, like, bass wolf and drum wolf. One of them pulls out, like, a this enormous Cheech and Chong joint, <laughs> the Pee Wee Herman style joint. It puts it in his mouth and like pats his leather jacket like he forgot a lighter and then they go on to harass. Did they find a lighter? Is that what uh, I don't think so. was? I'm not yeah. sure. One guy did have like definitely a lit cigarette hanging yeah. out of his mouth. But they yeah, get in like right. a fight briefly. Like two of the guys are getting this weird scuffle with like the guy in the, who's sitting in the front row. Yeah. And then they grab his girl and like throw her on the piano. Like, yeah. And like, start doing things to her. Yeah, like it's... Uh, I can't remember I, exactly yeah. what was going on. I totally missed <laughs> that whole weird. joint part but I can't you can't <laughs> really blame me because there's a lot going on in this scene yeah well, like, the thing, there's just, so much this happening. movie is just really visually loaded like there's so much going on in every shot yeah really. I've, I've also it's seen this done extremely well and I've also seen this like three or four times now, yeah you know? so I've picked up on some yeah. like visual things yeah no just watching it twice there was tons of stuff I picked up in the second viewing that I missed in the first one but yeah the song is weird too because like the guy just sings it in a regular American accent and he goes into <laughs> yeah. like this weird spoken word thing man where he sounds like Cheech Marin man but like Eddie man you fucking killed yourself for love like man Cuban or something uh, his, his accent's all over the place like, like at first I was like he's supposed to be French then he like he got it together and yeah I think it was maybe like supposed to be Puerto Rican or oh something. okay some gimmicky shit about uh, Eddie Eddie's working hard to help his sick sister that's terrible and America takes <laughs> advantage and then Eddie kills himself for love man and like America's that's just like heart was broken man it's like a bunch of cornball shit it is you know? this cornball like, almost like like exaggeration of 50s music kind of yes when we first see Winslow too he slaps up a sign like featuring piano player Winslow Leach over that other sign he like sign. glues it over the Juicy Fruits name uh, and it sounds like the song was about like he, he like kill himself so he can donate organs to his dying sister something, something. like that, that like, seems to be the implication yeah and it's it is really it's more theatrics than it, it is, is about like musical content like he's pantomiming yeah. cutting his stomach open with a knife dosing heroin and shit oh you know? yeah like, like he puts his he puts yeah. a microphone up to like his main vein there it's a good setup and a good contrast to what we hear next which is yeah. Winslow Leech and his piano. He's just a really minimalist dude, I guess. But before that, everybody's funny. It kind of reminded me of Amadeus. Like yeah. everybody waits for Swan to slowly clap before they all erupt in cheers. It's mm -hmm. like kind of like they had to wait for the emperor in Amadeus to like express his <laughs> approval and then gauge how good it was after that. And I wrote like guy who looks like Meatloaf complains about losing some singer and that's when we Yeah, see. that's what I thought too. He looks just like Meatloaf. Yeah, he reminded me of somebody and I think he, he looks a bit like Meatloaf looked in Rocky Horror which of course came out the following year. Oh yeah, yeah. Who was also named Eddie. When he died. Eddie died, um, yeah. For love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cried. You're looking at this like fat dude 
dude. Yeah, this, yeah. This club manager. So you see it from Swan's point of view. Yeah, what's his name? Arthur? Arthur Philbin, yeah. I'll just call him Ar- Arthur. He usually goes by Philbin in the movie. We're looking at like a POV of this guy with white gloves. He's got kind of like a higher pitched voice. You don't yeah. really see him. The manager says, we had this girl. I was the one that started her and made her everything. And then we sold her to you. And then she became the biggest thing in music or whatever. Yeah. I guess he's like jealous or well, something. Well, he's like, uh, yeah, we took it to court and the... The judge oh, said I was a disgrace yeah. to the business because it tried to sign into a lifetime contract. Me, a disgrace. The one that turned her into money-grubbing whore. That she is. He doesn't see the irony in his own actions. There's one part where he, I think he says fuck, and there's like some really good censorship because this was a PG movie, by the yeah, way. Yeah, there was and it was like, Yeah, it was just like some guitar feedback or something got really loud right when he said yeah, it. Yeah, there was um, the yeah. static. Like, I didn't uh, even notice it until like the most recent time I watched it. The feedback that kept interrupting him mid-conversation. Mm. It happened like a couple of times, I think. White gloves. He just asks, yeah. well, what do you want me to do about this, man? Like, like that destroy sucks. Destroy her. He's, yeah, like, he's like, that's break it. Her. He basically says it's done tomorrow she'll be forgotten like yeah today, like she's he's huge. she's old news like you know yeah. she's a big star right now but she's on her way out and this guy is that dude's boss and he says something about like finding a new sound and then he like he's like what are you talking about and he points down to Winslow on the yeah. piano yeah. yeah and he is rocking it like man this guy can pound those horse keys yeah. oh I took a note of the use of the word gooks and yikes oh, yeah, next to yeah. it well, <laughs> I thought was, that was interesting yeah it's this old. is like and it was also like later days of the Vietnam War I think mm-hmm. the war ended literally like six months after this movie came out and it said like uh, working for some from charity for the gooks or something yeah there are a lot of at that point i think starting to be a lot of refugees from vietnam coming to the u.s so we see winslow singing his song he has a pretty good voice which of course his voice is actually the voice of the guy who plays swan he reminded me a little bit of like warren zevon like his voice like werewolves of london oh that guy okay like he has the same kind of like richness to his voice i think while winslow is playing it's during the 20 minute intermission before the next show so that's like pretty interesting and this camera kind of circles around winslow while he's playing yeah it's a cool shot yeah it's a great shot and we see all these people kind of out of focus walking around Winslow just all not paying attention people. yeah and like they're just setting up for the next show nobody's paying attention he's putting all this yeah, like energy Swan into is the it. only one who can like hear the magic you know and he's like looking around trying to get people to like look at him there's yeah, another cool uh, detail that I saw um, the lights in the back they're synced up with him hitting those chords I don't know if you guys noticed oh, that I, I didn't that's cool oh though. wow that's awesome it would go from like full red to full blue and then it would be like green black green black and then red black red black it was pretty nice like I didn't notice it the first time but I noticed it the second time huh. Swan says that his music will be the music to open the paradise why you want this slime you want this creep to open up the paradise <laughs> not dub. him the music I'd say the dub is a little bit obvious now that I know it's there I've right, noticed right? it this time around too but his uh, performance of pretending to sing it is good really it really looks good. like super into it after that yeah it cuts to Arnold going into uh, Winslow's dressing room telling him that like yeah Swan wants to make your music and he's all into it he's yeah, like yeah. he knows who Swan is like if he says like verbatim if Mr. Swan yeah. if Mr. Swan produces for me then everybody will listen to my music it's Philbin he's like yeah yeah he's really interested can you give me some tapes and Winslow's like no you don't understand it's all written down there are no tapes yeah, this is I a like complete that. thing yeah like he's written it all out longhand and it reminded me of the movie In the Soup mm-hmm. like how Steve Buscemi's character I don't know if you've seen that oh, Keith, but yeah. like Steve Buscemi uh, plays this guy who is really passionate about wanting to make a movie and he has like this six or seven hundred page just giant script that 
he's been working on for years and years. Like that he wants to make like this ultimate masterpiece. Winslow explains it's a whole series of songs that tells the story of Faust. Two to three hundred pages, dozens of songs, probably. Yeah. He's like Faust. What labels he on? You know, like he's just oh, yeah, totally he doblivious. Oh yeah, know who the hell that is. Yeah. What an uncultured swine. Fuck <laughs> that guy. A dumb Yankee Doodle. <laughs> yeah, like Arnold only wants three or four songs out of that. He mentions the thing about the juicy fruits doing his music. Oh man, Winslow snaps. Goes yeah, off the handle. Leaps out of his chair and throws this guy up. Who's like you're gonna give out- away my music to these grease balls? Yeah, like this guy outweighs him like dude, by like at least a hundred pounds. Hundred fifty. Sure. Like uh, got to. You know? I don't know if there's that big of a weight difference just because like Winslow is a lot taller than him. Yeah, I guess it, you're he's right. got probably that reach. He should be like, like 120 pounds. I'd say probably Winslow. like 50 or 60. Winslow, the lowest. I bet Winslow's like a good 180. He's, so he looks like he's he's probably like 6'4 anyway. So that guy was probably like 2 250, 280. Yeah, I bet like that, that guy he looked like he's probably only about 5'8 or 9, yeah. but he was big. But you don't expect that to come out of yeah, this like small frame. Well, yeah, like that's the thing is like even if Winslow has like maybe a little bit of a size advantage, the other guy looks like the tough guy. Winslow does not look like the tough guy, <laughs> but he's just really passionate. Yeah, Winslow like, got super thick glasses. Uh, yeah, I said Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. And, like the semi poofy blonde Jufro. Mm-hmm. Like I said he looked like Napoleon Dynamite in some shots. A bit. Just because he of, does. Like, the way his glasses and the, were and uh, stuff. the dated wardrobe at the time was not dated of course but yeah he just like puts them right up there and he's like those, those grease music. balls yeah because yeah. it's such a huge contrast because up until then he had been displayed as usually like a pretty gentle sounding guy well I think but, it yeah. plays on our stereotypes as an audience we assume that character is kind of meek and would not be capable Isn't of doing stand these up things. For himself. and then he yeah. does this yeah so that's that's the surprise I think maybe the defining characteristic of this character is that the film is tenacious yeah. he does not give up yeah he's, he's very awesome. passionate about his music Music. Great character, this guy. He kind of comes down a bit and he says, we're going to make your first album and he's all thrilled about it. Cut to a month later One month at yeah. Death Records. He <laughs> walks in and he, he asks to see a swan. It's a sort of interesting looking set. It's very kind of super clean and space age looking. It looks yeah. like a clockwork orange. Yeah, like, that's what it was. Yeah. I, I knew it reminded me of some movie I'd seen but I couldn't place it, but it was very clockwork uh, orange. He goes up, he meets with Swan's secretary and she pulls open his file to see <laughs> if she's got any plans to meet him or not and it says, don't don't see him ever. Yeah, and I, yeah I never freeze. to be seen. In yeah. like goosebumps text. Yeah. It's like yeah. drippy. Like, yeah. like spooky text. And uh, cool. I happen to freeze frame on that shot. You can see who else they have in their Rolodex. Oh. And there's Alice Cooper, uh, David Geffen, George McGovern, who's the guy who ran for president a couple years earlier, Matt oh. Midler, and Peter Fonda, and all in that wow. Rolodex along with Winslow, and a couple people I hadn't heard of. He seems to have contact with just all kinds of different famous and important people. Seems like Swan, you know, made them what they are, maybe. Yeah. Mm. That's cool. That's a cool detail. Maybe he sold out and worked for Nixon. That's when the government lost. <laughs> yeah. So she hits the button and releases the hounds. Um, they, <laughs> it gets chased out. Yeah. By these guys, they look like Hell's Angels. Except on where it would say Hell's Angels, it just said death, as in death records. Yeah, that was interesting, because I know at rock concerts and stuff, like the Hell's Angels used to be security sometimes. Like at Altamont, which is that one that like three or four people died at. Yeah, it was in 69. It was this free concert the Rolling Stones put on. The Grateful Dead were supposed to play too, but they pulled out citing bad vibes. It got pretty violent, and like the Hell's angels who were there for the security like they beat up a lot of people and like three people at least died like one guy got ran over by a motorcycle Jesus and like there are a couple people that OD'd and it was a fucking mess it just made me think of that so he won't meet with them he's been trying for like the past month to try to get in contact with this guy he hasn't heard nothing nothing know how so he tails him back to his own mansion yeah he sneaks in I love the song that plays or it's like nice jazzy like upbeat like I never thought I'd meet the devil never thought I'd get to meet the devil Never thought I'd see him face to face. Yeah, it's just yeah. great. It's really catchy. It is a song. cool little song. I like the, the humor of it. And he's got this big smile on his face with his briefcase. 
walking in, you know, chest out, walking up to the front. And he doors. walks right in. It's not even locked. Yeah, he just walks, he in, walks in, 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 and there's like at least dozens of women there, all there to audition, and they're all singing his music in different styles. So it yeah, sounds like a lot like of them crazy. sound really bad. You know, he just kind of walks around. We find Phoenix. Yeah, like he walks like... up this whole like big staircase, and yeah, we see one person who turns out to be Phoenix, who's actually singing it really well. And he, I'm not sure if he even recognized. That it was his music before that, and then he does and walks up to her, and he sings it with her to show that he's the one that actually. How wrote did it. you know the words? He's like, I wrote it. It's like your name's not on the music, and he's like, Well, that must be some mistake, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm here to see Swan himself. I don't. And know. that was one part I thought was sort of interesting. It's like you can tell that's definitely William Finley singing in that scene. Oh yeah. And he has like a pretty nice voice. It's like a little deeper than Paul Williams, but I thought he might have been able to sing well enough that they didn't really need to dub it in. Yeah. That would have been cool if they but, did. Oh, well. They usually do that though in like musicals and stuff they'll have you act out the singing parts and then they'll just record the song I know like even in, in Disney musicals like in Frozen they had different people singing versus the people who talked to the character I mean like it's like musical films oh like, I know like with real people yeah. I know like live action but yeah, also not like, animation not just animation also in animation yeah because yeah, animation's all voice acting they um, do that a lot like they'll have a different person do the singing bits for characters that usually do the voices like and, I know uh, that was sort of remarked upon a lot the new Les Miserables blah 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 so, <laughs> <laughs> the people that were acting in it, they did all their own singing, which yeah. is not necessarily the norm. Yeah, but they'll usually like dub in that singing. Like they'll produce right. it, make it now sound really pretty, and then dub it over the images and then play that. That's what you see. You're not gonna hear them actually singing and dancing at the same time, which is a shame. That's for the theater, I guess. Um, so, anyways, he says she's amazing. Phoenix, you're wonderful. You sing this better than anybody. And he's like, you really mean that? And he's, what does he say? He would never let his personal desires affect his aesthetic decisions, and that made me think of Frank Jobs. Yeah, <laughs> aesthetic. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, what does that mean? It means I think you're terrific. Yeah. And she like hugs him. She's really excited that he thinks that she's good. Some sleazeball walks up and he's like, hey, yeah, one, one, two, three, everybody in there now. And then he holds up the line when he sees this guy. Swan's only looking for girls right now. That's what he's told. He tries to plead his case. He's like, I've been trying to meet with Swan for fucking like ever. He's not returning. Yeah, he's like, girls. I wrote the music. He's like, get out of here. Get the fuck out <laughs> How could you do that? How could you bring something like that in here? How could you... <laughs> The hallway looked interesting, like all the, the black and white tile and everything. It really looked like the mortuary or whatever in Phantasm. It did. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that hallway. Yeah, Winslow sneaks in, follows them. Or he, yeah, he doesn't go all the way in, but Phoenix goes in. Yeah, she goes in She's first. led in, yeah. and he sneaks and in Wiss. after they turn their backs and walks away. Well, she leaves. No, she leaves. Winslow follows the bouncers, I guess, with Phoenix. They're escorting her to a room, and she goes in, doors are shut, but Winslow's, like, walking up there, and then she busts out and interrupts Winslow's, like, crashing the party moment. Yeah, I just yeah. And then he she's didn't like, actually get through the door. Yeah, he's like, I want to, but he's like there. So like, she's yeah. like, I want to play music, but like, not like well, that. You, yeah, because you, because they close the door and yeah. you hear basically like her scream real quick. And I think you see like Philbin just kind of flop on top of her. Yeah, and you then see she him like in his immediately leaves. Shorts. Like he tries to. Yeah, it's insinuating um, casting couching. You yeah, know, casting couches. Yeah, I just wanted I mean, to bang, exploit. Bro. They just kind of exploit how like some industries exploit women. Sometimes they want to roll. Well, suck my dick after Harvey Weinstein and all that. You know how it is. You know how that goes. Um, yeah. There's always another dishwasher. I mean, yeah. not always the case, but it, it happens more often than you Oh, really yeah, think. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they'll, you know, how far would you go make it in the show business? But she wasn't going to do that. I mean, she is a professional. Professional. I like Margaret Gray. These two security guys come up. It's pretty funny. Like, they walk up to Winslow, and, like, and he's like, uh, do you guys know a good department store? And they're like, yeah, I'm going to take you there right now. These guys look <laughs> yeah. like Bulk and Clint Eastwood because one of them had the fucking cowboy hat on. But he manages to slip his way back in, and he's in a fuck pit. It looks like yeah, there's like at least well, nine women 
writhing around on this bed. I did a freeze frame and I counted at least nine. Yeah, I like how Winslow is introduced. Like, you don't actually see his face in the bed. You see the back of his head. You just see one very tall woman in the middle of the bed. (laughs) Yeah, and he's got, like, a flower in his hair and stuff. And, like, like, one woman goes to hug him and just like, oh, just hold me close. Yeah, that's it. Just hold me. (laughs) There's, like, camera pointed on them all. And they're like, I just came here to sing. And Winslow, I don't think much singing goes on around here. And there's, like, one of them is, like, clearly a lesbian is, like, really into this. Oh, it's like, uh, this is where we audition and like I, I need someone to help me loosen up my pipes I'll help you loosen up yeah shit like and that and I like. guess like Swan just like jerks his little ding dong while he, he watches them over security recall, I have a little idea about his intense security that's kind of a theme in this movie is surveillance you see like a lot of surveillance yeah. cameras and people just being watched a lot but more to Swan's person yeah, like, yeah. closer to who he is why, why he records everything yeah it's um, a funny scene but Swan the mirror kind of like a reflective panel opens up in the wall yeah. and there he is in the mist in his like oriental Swan. kind of yeah and he emerges Swan. through this fog yeah they all swoon over Swan and like he's got like this oriental threads on that yeah, looks kind of like this, that he's crazy clothes yeah, he's got like pink tinted glasses yeah. long blonde hair yeah he looks kind of like a big weird baby man he's a stra- interesting <laughs> he looking looks person. like menacing Elton John I keep saying it yeah, he, yeah. he's Elton John-esque for sure <laughs> yeah definitely and uh, Winslow says in a dress by the way he just starts talking to talking to Swan he's like hey Mr. Swan I, I wrote that music that you're using <laughs> I, I need me. to talk to you. And, and Swan's just like, get this f*** out of here. <laughs> yeah, just really casually. And this big guy, like in all black leather, just like kind of carries him away. We just cut to Winslow's bloody face up into the camera in the <laughs> dirt. And just, you know, two cops wake him up and they ask him like, you know, what's the deal here? He's what's... got like blood all over his face. Like, yeah, like, why, yeah, because like blood on his face. Like he's in a dress. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, I'm the composer here. And one you know, of the cops like... is just like, what are you, some kind of pervert? And, and he's like, I was the leech, the composer. <laughs> yeah, like it looks weird, right? I guess like, he wasn't buying what you were selling. I wasn't and, uh, selling anything. <laughs> he didn't say anything about buying anything. How did you think about the makeup? Oh, like his blood and everything? Yeah, the effects of the well, blood. Well, it's that very, very red comic booky 70s blood <laughs> that you see in the likes of Dawn of the Dead. And what about I, uh, the wound, though, on his face? I uh, thought that was pretty grisly. It was pretty good, because, yeah, you yeah. see, it's like it looks like he got hit so hard he's got a real cut going around one of his eyes. It was pretty cool. It looked painful. Um, it looked the, pretty metal. <laughs> it's so metal. So these cops, they plant a condom filled of cocaine. Heroin, I think. Heroin, Heroin yeah. in his bag. Smack, Jack. Which is interesting. These two cops are black, yeah. planting evidence on a white person, which I thought was an interesting contrast, but probably not a whole lot there. But I don't know. Black cops be crooked, too. I guess that's true. Yeah, it's it's uh, the opposite of what you usually think of. This movie's playing off of all the stereotypes. But it is still like a rich, powerful guy setting up somebody who's inconvenient for him. And I think Swan he obviously owns, paid off these cops. He owns the police force. And yeah. we see after this, he's brought to Sing Sing, which is a prison where... Maximum the, security uh, the segue into yeah. it was pretty good. He was like, you know how long you get jail time for? You get for sentenced to life. The judge in the panel like slams down. Yeah, he's like super tall podium. There's this huge American flag behind <laughs> yeah. him. He's and freaking what out. Is he, he screams something and it's really funny. I didn't do anything. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I swear. Swan framed me. Yeah, that's it. He sounded like Doc Brown. Yeah. Like, he threw his head that kind of like in his mannerisms. Yeah, his hair. Yeah, he really, that. he does a great just shout. And it reminded <laughs> me, I mean, this was an even shorter scene than the scene in Fear and Loathing, but there's like a quick scene in that movie. He's like, you know what'll happen to us if uh, this 16-year-old girl goes missing or whatever. <laughs> oh, and it yeah. cuts to the scene oh, like they're God. both in court and it's a judge played by Harry Dean Stanton, RIPD, by the way. It's, it looks just like that courtroom where it's just all black. And he's like, castration! 
Yeah, boom. double castration. No, it's a great transition anyway. scene. Sing Sing is this prison. It's funded by Swan, his business, and there's a voluntary dental program that saves the company money because teeth are a source of germs and disease. Source of infection. Yeah. So yeah. that's a really dark detail that I really like. But yeah, it's like even this. worse than real prisons, but it's really funny. Swan owns like everything. Yeah. Like I don't think he owns the prison. He owns the foundation for the thing that they're doing. To yeah, yeah. He owns the company. Teeth. But they're in the prison. They're packaging yeah. Swan's record. He you know, he the, donates. The, he, <laughs> he has some definitely a lot of influence. Yeah, and it's funny. He's like, I, I didn't volunteer for this because it's supposedly a volunteer program. And he's like, I didn't volunteer for this. I'm innocent. And the guy's like, Everybody is innocent. Raise your hands. And everybody. And raises he's like, hand. and he just like covers his mouth like, Oh fuck. Did anyone notice mm. Charlie's landlord is in that? Yep. He's was, in that. Yeah. yeah, that guy shows up in like everything. Yeah. We see him working on the line. They're making tiddly yeah, winks, aren't they? Fast forward six months. Yep. I thought they were packaging records. If you Swan's see, if records. Uh, and that's why I went to the studio. They're packaging box. board games. Yeah, yeah. I think oh. it does say tiddly winks, and they put in like the little like an instruction booklet and like the pieces oh, as, the, okay. as the boxes go down the assembly line. And he's standing there. He looks lobotomized almost. Like he just can't believe it. His teeth have all been replaced. Yeah, he has, he's got he has metal chompers. Head's been shaved. He's got way short hair. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, some guard comes in with a little jam box next to his ear. Guess what's on the radio? Juicy Fruit singing Faust or whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah, new yeah. song that yeah. they ripped off from him. He just goes buck wild. He starts like shaking. Like his like, psyche just... collapses and he just loses it. I like his teeth in that scene too. Like his yeah. lips kind of like curl up and his teeth are exposed and they look fucking nasty. Like it, just, it looks great. But yeah, and he like kills great. this fucking guard. And... and then he like crashes into like this big box and like rides it down this slide. Dude. Yeah, and it goes into like a shipping truck. Up, yeah, he winds up outside and gets into a truck. Yeah, it's like a Looney Tunes skit. He ends up in the front of Swan's like, like it was headquarters. something really comedic about this. Yeah. And then he like, he storms the Death Records headquarters and fucking smashes everything. Yeah. Fucking like one man like, army. He's like looking yeah. for the record press and he eventually finds it. Yeah, he, he goes in with like, several sticks of dynamite. He gets caught on something and he trips and... Some guy, it's ADR'd, it's like, hey, hey, what do you do? Get away from that press. Yeah, a guard like, shows up. Really? startles him. Yeah, you don't see him. You just hear his voice, which I thought was funny. I think you do see him really quick. Oh, maybe you do. But yeah, sure. some guy spooks him and he falls in, face is flattened. Yeah, and his face gets like halfway melted off. Yeah, he now has death records insignia permanently on his face. Oh, that's pressed. Off. He, like, I love this he, story. He, he comes like, bumbling out of that studio. He's crawling in his skin. His wounds, they just will not heal. You know? Yeah, they don't heal for the whole movie. He's just going like, oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's there, like toxic. Well, there's he's steam like, coming off the side of his face. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, it was heated so up. So hot. Yeah. The police sirens are coming in the background. He's crawling to the river. He's he re cool rolls down. into the East River. They show like one of the spinning newspaper headlines, and he's reported dead. Although they said they hadn't found a body yet. And I think the next thing we see is Winslow from his point of view with like heavy breathing, him kind of like stalking around the outside of the paradise, freaking people out. Oh, the stalker yeah. cam. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. sweet. That was, that was a cool. Like he scares cool those two biker-looking guys. Did anyone? Take note on what they were saying. He was like, Yeah, they stick the thing in the other thing, and then it was like, Whoa! I can't remember. Like, it was something, out. something like, that sounded weird. Yeah, he walks into the backstage area. Yeah, walks up the stairs. Passes a bunch of chicks in bikinis. Did you notice the Faust by the Juicy Fruits on the chalkboard? Yes. Uh, that was kind of cool. I think I saw it, yeah. And he kind of finds his costume while he's wandering around. Like, he finds the mask that he wears for the rest of the movie. Yeah, he goes to the costume room, I guess. Yeah, it's the, the wardrobe room. He's got this bird like <laughs> mask. Yeah, yeah, so he shoots up. Let's uh, describe what this guy looks like now. In full attire. He's got a shiny dome head. It's metallic. The faceplate reminds me of an owl. He's got a very bird of prey like appearance to him. Yeah, it yeah. covers like the top half of his face. So he's like
like his mouth and his chin and everything, but it covers up, I guess, his deformity somewhat. He only has like one eye now, right? Like through yeah. one of the eye holes, it's just black. Yeah, that one's covered up because that eye was on the side where he got caught in the record press. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's got his black metal teeth and his black lipstick. I don't know where the lipstick came from. Oh, yeah, I guess he just has black lips now. I guess you could just imagine that they got burnt in the record press. And That's true. Maybe he's dying from infection or something. Maybe. Maybe he's got <laughs> sepsis. Yeah. <laughs> he has like black makeup like around his eye, so it just looks like you just kind of see his eye. He looks like the, Batman and Robocop. Yeah, he's got like <laughs> like a totally black leather suit mm. that like fits to his form and like a black cape. You know, yeah, it's he does. Like, <laughs> it billows out when he runs around. Yeah, he even like swoops it up sometimes, like yeah, and like runs. <laughs> Imagine doing that. Oh boy. <laughs> You're like, what are you doing, dude? And it shows the Juicy Fruits, who are in their new incarnation, also known as the Beach Bums. Yes. <laughs> playing some kind of Beach Boys, Beach Boys, yeah. yeah. Beach Boys style song. The Beach Boys. I really like this setup. Like, this is the kind of camera trick that you would normally see in, like, a music video, where it's got, like, the line dividing through and it's showing, like, two different angles. Yeah, it's like a split yeah. screen, which is really cool. Brought me back to, like, PS2 gaming. The vertical and split he, screen. Um, he sets them up with a bomb. Yeah, he puts a, there's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a bomb that gets planted. <laughs> he puts it in the trunk of really? your car. Really? <laughs> really. All his bands are belong to him, I guess. Yeah. All your paradises are belong to me. There's a bomb in a trunk of a car that's going out on the stage where the yeah. uh, band Front is performing. Because yeah. it's cool. Like, you see them all getting ready, and nobody notices the guy in the black kind of slinking around in the background. It's pretty cool. And the other camera, you see, like, Philbin, like, shoving pills down some guy's throat. Yeah, like, yeah. this one, like, like, like he's, like, something. the lead singer of the group or something. But yeah, he's, he's just like, I don't know, I'm feeling really weird about things. You know, I got this ticking sound in my head. I can't get it out of my head. No, you're fine. Take there. some of these. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who was singing lead looked like just somebody's dad. Just looked like some middle-aged guy in like a blonde wig. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it did look really weird with that wig on. Wasn't his black hair like sticking out a little I bit too? I think maybe a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then the car blows up. I don't know if anybody actually got hurt. Cuts to oh, yeah, yeah. And he looks sort of like he kind of like maybe slightly irritated and well, he, like kind of indifferent. He's, he's just he, kind of like, hmm, the game gets interesting, Yuki <laughs> the, boy. The plot like, thickens, Yuki boy. You know, like, he is it's like, like that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's Pegasus. No, it's because he saw Winslow in the rafters he was a uh... blue eyes white phoenix <laughs> <laughs> the phantom's got blue eyes <laughs> the singer blue eyed white phoenix it's multi-layered oh she had brown eyes but... skin too, too bad skin too deep <laughs> well, he knows something's up he sees winslow up in the rafters because he's up there scoping out the situation like he can see it like right as it blows well, he up. checks the security footage after yeah, that explosion he like he sees a little spooky man just hanging out yeah. in the rafters <laughs> yeah we see like swan walk down the hall and he opens up the door like classic old movie stuff by like pulling on a candelabra as the door shuts we see the phantom in the mirror almost kind of like a jump scare it wasn't scary yeah i mean it was like the cooler kind of jump scare where something's yeah. revealed to you in like a, in a more <laughs> slowly over time in a more interesting yeah. way it's because it's cool to see people hunt each other the, the most, most dangerous, dangerous game, game. people yeah. hunting people is the fucking coolest shit you can't hunt people is. macklin and keith you can't hunt you people. don't hunt a man you shouldn't hunt a man <laughs> Confusing your life with the life of John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls a knife on him. Yeah, he, he gets the jump on him. But he's not phased by this in the slightest. No, he like, ain't scared. He knows it's Winslow. He's like, Winslow, my boy. I was waiting like, for you. Just the man I was looking for. Yugi boy. He, he, uh, Yugi boy. <laughs> Retro cantata, Yugi boy. <laughs> Don't worry, Yugi boys. Breakfast. Oh my uh, god. This anyway, let's just review a Yu-Gi-Oh movie next. We should do Pyramid of Light. Let's do it. Holy shit! Yeah. After Evil did. 
Yeah, after the next one, we should fuck Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, we gotta do Thanksgiving. No, we gotta three. do Thanksgiving. And we gotta do LA. We, we, could, do, do, we could do the L- um, L- New L- Yule Thanksgiving. L- L- Thanksgiving L-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
it's, it's like really he's or like you're listening to shortwave radio and yeah. Like oh yeah halfway here people sound more like a robot than a person i was gonna say yeah. it's kind of like when you talk into a fan it almost sounds like yeah that. Sort yeah of like, kind that. Of like that. yeah so, but like with like a lower pitch like more guttural yeah more like eerie <laughs> and he says we'll make a cantata if you stop terrorizing the paradise winslow kind of agrees he's like my cantata for her. Phoenix will get to do it if he completes it. Well, he whips out the giant contract. Yeah, that huge tome. And he's like, yeah. what's this? And he's like, it's just a contract. He's like, well, I'll read it. And he's like, at your leisure, Winslow. And it's I mean, all kinds of, like, bullshit. I mean, um, it's good, though, that he actually took the clauses. time to read it. I, oh, he did. Well, he flipped through it. He just kind of, like, yeah, I wrote down... It was many hundreds of pages. Party of the first part gives party of the second part and his associates full power to do with him at their pleasure to rule, send, fetch, or carry him to his is, be it either body, soul, flesh, blood, or goods. It's like, like all... what does that mean? He's like, it's a transportation clause. Yeah, and then there's all articles which are excluded shall be deemed included. He's, He's like, like, what's that's, that? That's a clause to protect you, Winslow. So it's like fishy right off the bat. But, he but like, what just... choice do you have anyway? Pricks his finger, makes it sign it with his Oh, yeah, it's like, ink, ink has no mean... value yeah. to me, Winslow. I like a lot of the looks that Winslow gave him during this scene. Like, he's got, like, that one-eyed, steely gaze through the I love helmet. That's, like, freaking awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. when Swan walks over to the other side of him, and he's, like, reading the clause. He's reading, like, the contract, and he looks over, and then Swan's out there, so he has to, like, lean all the way back around because yeah. of his good eye. Like, it was pretty funny. I mean, he must have put something over his other eye, so he really couldn't see. Yeah, it's see. like a black lens So it probably it. did add a lot to his performance so that he really had to, like, search around like it's that It's pretty way. funny. He agrees, but only if... Phoenix is the one who sings his guitar. Yeah. Did you like the way Swan signs his contracts? Puts a drop of his own blood on this stamp and then puts it in yeah. the signature's place. That was place. pretty cool. That was cool, yeah. He's so used to this now. Like, that's so telling <laughs> Yeah, he's of his got characters. that ready to go. It's fucking awesome. Then we see Swan watching the security footage of that meeting, and you hear his real voice, I guess, and it's like this weird echo, and yeah, he does sound a lot older. It's a much it's much more raspy. It sounds like somebody's smoked a lot or something like now that. Fine, Winslow. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You don't see the actual television screen he's watching, but you see Swan's face, and I love how he just kind of winces a couple times when his voice is heard. Yeah. Like his own voice. Yeah, like it sounds just... like Frieza. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Holy shit! <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I didn't think of it until I heard my own impression came no, out of totally. my face. Totally. No, it's totally Frieza. Sign here, Goku! <laughs> well, that's not we very We could have been so good together. I'm oh, only man. using 10% of my studio. <laughs> Imagine what I can do with all of it, Kakarots! <laughs> I like his performance in this scene where he's like kind of disgusted at himself, and that's revealed later on why that is, but it's, it's a nice tell. And then with the phantom lights a sexy red candle. <laughs> he's ready to make some music. Yeah, we see him yeah, trying to I mean, finish up his opera. I mean, this is yeah. what I do whenever I make music. I always light a big ass candle <laughs> yeah. when I start. I was wondering if the candle was to time him. Like, oh, when it goes out, that's when it's done. Well, we see you in know? one scene, it might not be this montage because they have several. At least yeah. two or three of these. And there's one where you see the candle just burn all the way down to nothing but a puddle of wax to show, like, how long he's been working. We do see clocks going by and then uh, shots of Phoenix. Like, that's literally the only thing driving this guy. We see a swan emerging from an airplane. He looks kind of like Tom Petty, R.I.P.D. I dropped him like flies, man. Yeah. Uh, Tom Petty in that video for a uh, song, Don't Come Around Here No More, where he's, like, dressed like the Mad Hatter. So he's got that big top hat. He always has, like, different outfits, which yeah, makes him he looks fun like, to he watch. He looks so goofy in this 
scene. He kind of looks he like the gloves a, on again. He has like yeah. a little string tied under his chin. It's like fucking Willy Wonka. Something you know, like, like that. <laughs> something really weird like that. And this is the part where you see there's like this weird after effect on the film where there was like a logo for Swan Song Records. There's this thing that's clearly just kind of hovering over the film where it says yeah. Death Records. I didn't catch it at first either. Yeah, it I guess I didn't funny notice if you ever that. go back and watch it. So he's talking about this will be the first ever rock version of Faust. Some reporters like, are you going to give it to the Juicy Fruits? He's no, Juicy Fruits are a representation of the past. <laughs> the future is beef. <laughs> Oh, man, but how, like, all that shit's introduced is really cool. Swan is sitting around that table, and he's like, we gotta find the right sound, and it's, like, panning over to the different styles, singing the same oh, song. Oh, shit, yeah, I, I skipped over one of my notes. It's the scene where he finds Beef. The one you were talking about was the one where he unveils him. No, this yeah. one, he's sitting at the table, it's, like, in the black room. A little bit before. All those people, and I have the first line that he speaks written down here. He says, come together in me now. They Fucking. have, like, all these spotlights come on, and, like, different bands sort of appear. The yeah. first one is, like, this big hippie folk looking band they kind of look like the doobie brothers and kind of sound like lindisfarne and then it cuts to like these two girls that sort of look like julia louis dreyfus and they're wearing like matching little red riding hood outfits or something and it's like good but not quite right and then it's this like country singer who kind of reminds me of, like graham parsons and then there's like this group that looks like labelle or something and then finally we see beef and boy does he suck at guitar what was the line he said come together in me now come together in me now, in me now. he sounded like anybody yeah. off of literally tos <laughs> yeah i was trying to think who, who he sounded like he's got like this real kind of a voice but really like yeah it's kind of over the top there was some early metal i guess yeah, i took him as a glam rock or i guess like the guy from steppenwolf it's like oh to be wow yeah. mother yeah. oh Mo is that Stephen Wolf? No, that's Danzig. Mother! Mother! <laughs> yeah. If you want to read hair with me. Yeah, that song sucks. Yeah, man. Carry on, my wayward son. So is that Just one. It'll be peace when you Rock the done. ages. <laughs> I like his like a little attempt at playing guitar. It's just like. Like yeah, wow, wow. It reminded me of uh, what's his name? What was that video? It was like Squirrel Boy, the Ultimate Freakout. Yeah, like World the Ultimate Warcraft. Freakout thing. And yeah, like there's one where he's just like trying to Squirrel learn Boy. something on guitar, and just like bam, 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 And it just sounds like complete dog shit. It was like a pretty good riff. It was like like he just like fucked up the last note. Yeah, like why he suck at guitar, dude? It's like shut up. No way, man. Carl would have been proud of that solo. <laughs> oh baby. That's beautiful. It's beautiful, baby. It's called I want to rock your body. And then in parentheses, until the break of dawn. <laughs> Tonight. Oh, baby. Anyway, oh, where right. the fuck are we? Fine. Introducing Butch oh, to the past. The beach. Yeah. <laughs> beach. Beef. Beef cake. Beefarino. Oh, where do you put Garrett Graham on the beefometer anyway? Oh. I mean, his name is Beef, after all. I'd give him a 3.5 beef. Yeah. No, solid 4 beef. He's pretty beefy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I give him three beefs when we see him for the first time, and then I give him four the what second time we see him. We'll get there. We'll get I'm going to split the difference give him a 3.5. Okay. okay. That's fair. This is where he auditions him, and then it cuts to the scene where he's talking to the people of the press from the well, plane. Well, I like that he's got these yeah. little pretty boys who open up. We're also <laughs> they're the, like around they're the Juicy Fruits again. It's the same three it's guys. The same. They open up his coffin, and there's like this close-up on, on his face, and he's just like... He just scowls. <laughs> he just makes this big scowl. <laughs> and that's how like this guttural roar. Like, there's also like... 
like some organ it's music that plays awesome. yeah. like in the background. Yeah, the it's future like is beef. It's what's for dinner tonight. Yeah. Also, there's a side note to this whole scene on the airstrip. There's no photography allowed. Nobody shall photograph. Beef. Yeah, I don't even think well, there's it's... microphones or anything. So I like, think did he have a microphone, or would he just have to speak up loud? I think he just talked loudly. That plays into like a little later in the film. So Swan brings Winslow his breakfast, which is just a suitcase full of pills. <laughs> uppers i guess time for breakfast winslow yugi boy time for breakfast yugi bitch you slut <laughs> yugi ho Whoa. but you're a jug ho too yugi ho wait we're gonna copyright what do you think about a porno titled yugi ho a Yu-Gi-Oh parody porno or just yugi ho's i'm into it and he has like all these cards that play different yeah they just play they play the game like regular. i play stripper and then they just fuck you know <laughs> Yeah, and like it just, just stripper and, cartoon. Yeah, it would be live action, actually. Fuck it. Yeah, it would just that's be ridiculous ass hair. Yeah, and clothes. Like you, you, and he'd be like, wow. And like he would throw always a be a man. We can Like naked chick emerges out of the floor. Yeah, so I fight with red titted white dragon or something like just show. <laughs> I play Jello wrestling this and like a big kiddie pool full of Jello just shows up and they have to play in that. <laughs> <laughs> they wrestle, and then there's the behind the scenes outside of the tournament. You know, like Joey maybe hooks up with that yeah. really bitchy snob. Yeah, just like in a or closet <laughs> while everything else is going on. Anything can happen hey, in Yugi Ho's. Dude, come on. Yeah, the first rule <laughs> is there are no rules. Yeah, dude. You can keep that in if you want. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yo, move! Oh, no, that's but there was else. one part where the guitar Dude, goes like way crazy. No, you're thinking of the spinoff fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! DMX. Where am I? <laughs> I should just put like a comically loud bleep over that word. You should. <laughs> I might just cut all this out and make another episode out of it. <laughs> just talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Fuck it, should we keep going and just get it all out? <laughs> anyway, what was going on? So he was feeding Winslow breakfast with his pills. Yeah, it's a big briefcase full of fucking meds and smarties and like all <laughs> yeah he's got like sweet tars in it he's got all the goods he's got wacky wall walkers <laughs> uh, weevils wobble they don't fall down Winslow's like yeah it, it's almost done it'll be finished by like tonight. yo I hope that the room Winslow's in has a toilet in it <laughs> I was just thinking think about that? that like he's stuck in there like I hope he has fucking facilities. do you think the phantom oh, he, poops yeah yeah well, I, mean, I mean he must I mean he must eat everything oh that's the thing is he does <laughs> well, seem to Edward have Edward hands doesn't poop his skin's not finished dude he's, he's incomplete man Gross. well he doesn't have to eat he's <laughs> that's why he doesn't but have yeah, to yeah I mean he does seem to have sort of supernatural-ish powers yeah like how, how the crazy agility and shit that he can do after oh, the he becomes phantom? a phantom yeah it's sort of like a weird origin story kind of uh, he finds out that Beef is gonna be singing it and not Phoenix and oh man he fucking loses oh, they, it they show them by the way they're preparing oh, yeah. to brick over the door of the yeah. studio cause he's finished it and he's got it. like he has no use for him anymore so he's just gonna come up he like comes up on him away. like passed out with pills over him it's like the end's yeah. written on it yeah. it's pretty funny it's, uh, in the middle of his overtime <laughs> they show beef though. He's rehearsing and he's trying to get the note. He's like, <laughs> and he can't quite hit those high notes. He's like, hey, Swan. This was written for a chick, and I'm not doing it in drag. <laughs> Even though he's dressed it kind of in drag, right? He, well, that's a glam rock style, Yeah, like, I, I think he's, he's definitely dressed in a man's clothes. It's flamboyant, well, for sure. Speaking of flamboyancy, did you notice Beef's Beef in those drawers? Did anyone notice Beef's Beef? Well, he kind of <laughs> he, he had, <laughs> had a really prominent dick in this movie. Oh, yeah, he was wearing really tight pants. Really short shorts. And his, like, butt was hanging out, too. <laughs> 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 
just hanging out. <laughs> that's that just sounds so funny. His butt was hanging yeah, out. Kind of was. He was a little slut. He was pretty guy. cheeky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, whatever. <laughs> Get off the stage, you bum. But anyway, Swan <laughs> says to him, "You can do it better than any bitch." Oh yeah. And he's like, "You don't know how right you are, fucking Napoleon. No, Goliath." <laughs> yeah, he no. He's, <laughs> yeah, he fucking like really rubs the ego of beef. You know, right Napoleon now. wasn't even that short. I heard he's five foot six, which was like close to average height. Average height at the time was like five seven. That's something yeah, like that. Yeah, basically normal. But the British just started this rumor that he was five foot two, just to fuck with him, I guess. What a bunch of clowns. Bunch of pricks. What a bunch of jokers over Play there. Haters. Over the pond. He tells uh, Jeez. What, it was his uh, Napoleon. what's his name, <laughs> Philip. Oh Philman tells him to shut the hell up, and he's like, "Fucking dry up, Tubbo." Oh, there's a part where he, he keeps performing it, and he like he falls down in his weird clog shoes and shit. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's too yeah. slippery. It's pretty funny. It's kind of cool. Swan gives him some creative freedom, and he's like. Change it an octave, throw in a new beat, make it completely yours. Yeah, and he's like, like, far out. Really? Even if it changes the words or something, he's like, yep. And yeah, Philbin's like, nobody cares about the words. Nobody cares what the song's about. Nobody cares what anything's about. It don't matter. None (laughs) of this matters. (laughs) It's all a bunch of shit. Just say Smith. (laughs) It don't matter. (laughs) None of this matters. We should do an Aqua Teen movie. We should do the Aqua Teen. That'd be cool. Oh, my head. Hey, buddy. What happened? <laughs> uh, that's when he says, dry up, Tubbo. That's when uh, Swan that's... sneaks in and tastes the rest of Winslow's music. Yeah, and he's bricked in, sealed up. Do it, boys. Winslow wakes up and he realizes what happened and he kind of screams like a he bird. Gets, he gets out. Oh, he's like, ah! Yeah, he he's out like, of his torg over. And my, my music. Swan! Busts out the gate, dude. He busts loose. Oh, oh, man, yeah, he busts through that wall. Just he does. He just yeah. breaks through it. That Waste those two guys. <laughs> murders <laughs> them. They're, like, covered in bricks. And he shit. sent them both to the Shadow Realm. And then, uh, you see... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna send you to another dimension. Oh, no, anything but that. The Torrid Zone. Fucking Beef emerges from his room. He's like, what was that? He's, like, spooked, right? And he's yeah, like... Yeah, because he screams so loud, like, the entire studio can hear it. Yeah, and he's like, it's just in your head. And it's like, no, I'm like, telling you, there's something... Yes, yeah, there's something going on. I'm telling you. So he's like encouraged to take a shower to like chill. Yeah, he takes a while to try to figure out what drug he wants to do. Like he picks up a cigarette and then like flicks it away. And then he like <laughs> he pops some pills in his face and oh, he yeah. spits most of them out. Yeah, that's right. And then he just does some coke. Yeah, and he's and like, yeah, take a shower. Is. Yeah, he's like singing oh, in there. He's playing like tricks with the soap. Like, and, like <laughs> in, in, in this soap. scene, I thought his, he sounded like he was doing like a little bit of a Jim Morrison thing. Winslow pulls a Norman Bates on his ass. Yeah, it comes in like Psycho. It's a setup just like that. This this setup. In this shot, it, like really stuck out to me. Like I thought it was like probably one of the best shots in the movie. It was with him, cool with the knife coming through the plastic curtain. All you can see is like his eye yeah. behind it when it it's opens like up. It's like creepy. There are some parts that are like genuinely kind of creepy. But yeah, he has a horror element. <laughs> so he's like slicing through the curtain, and then beeps like singing, and he turns around, his eyes get wide, and he, he shows pulled... a plunger in his face. yeah, he's... right in his mouth. Yeah, he takes a page out of Bob Hoskins' book, and he like fucking Mario's this bitch. Yes, <laughs> never sing my music again, or I'll kill you. Anyone else that tries. Dies. Yeah, it's for Phoenix only. Beef packs it all up, dude. Packs it up and yeah, runs out. Yeah, and Philbin's out there taking tickets and shit, and he sees Beef dressed as Santa Claus leaving yeah. through the backstage door. He's like, where the hell are you going? He's like, I'm going to Cincinnati to see my mother. He's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck this. I'm out. No way. We got giant metal mask men He's like, well, there's around. a show. He's like, there ain't gonna be no show. The Phantom, he's real. He came into the shower. He threatened my life. <laughs> yeah, he's like, anyone who plays his music, next one dies. Anyone else to try. Dies. Dies. Yeah, the way he says it, the I way he it. delivers it. And he's like, 
I am a professional. I ain't got no stage fright. Shit, he sounds a little bit like Quentin Tarantino. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Whoa. He talks about like the bad the vibes in there, and like can't you feel the karma? And he's like, what are you, high? And he's like, don't tell me about high or something. He like, gets really defensive. Like, I know drug real from real real. <laughs> Gives him some stuff, like some downers to even him out. And he's like, don't give me that. It'll bring me down. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the way he that says line. he sounds so whiny. It's great. <laughs> and he does go back. And like watching this for like the second time, I was like pretty sure he went back. But I was hoping I remembered it wrong because like I didn't want to see Beef get killed. Show starts. It looks kind of like uh, Cabinet of Caligari. Yeah, they're the, definitely the going for that. Yeah. Their like face paint, I look. thought of yeah. like either Kiss or yep. Juggalos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. think of Juggalos. I didn't think of Juggalos either. But yeah, I definitely. Think, Kiss. I'm not sure if Kiss were famous yet in '74, but they're definitely like an up and coming band. I wonder if you yeah. get the idea from. Yeah. Yeah, I thought like the guitar riff, at least at the beginning, it's very kind of Black Sabbath. Yeah, and then it gets like like, heavy heavy metal thing. I liked how heavy it was, like this like high pitched howling, and then like like that was cool. There's this band playing, and they go through the audience, and they have I guess these like guitars are descended from the ceiling or something. They have like blades on them. They're not real. Yeah, they're like they look like scythes. Yeah, and they go through the audience, and they kind of pick out somebody and like cut off their arm or cut off their leg. It's a lot like Alice Cooper stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think my dad saw him around that time and yeah he would do crazy shit like uh, have himself like fake decapitated like during a concert there was a dude that That's got cool. his head fake cut off like yeah, I remember they were, they were yeah. kicking it around like a soccer ball oh yeah, yeah that was yeah. awesome that was funny you guys ever heard of gore by the way yeah that's what everybody said about them was like their music's not that great but they just have an insane fucked up stage show they just shower the audience with blood and semen i don't know if it's yeah, they real have, like, or a not giant but they just do weird shit like paper mache dick that they shoot like <laughs> fake jizz out of all yeah of it's like fucked up what <laughs> yeah Guar, I don't. They dress up like monsters One of the, I think and like robots. The, I don't think they're around stuff. anymore. Like their lead singer like died. 90s. Oh, like a few years ago. They probably all died. And hell probably came and cleaned them. <laughs> yeah, they were too metal. But they had like these yeah. weird costumes that made them look like fucked up, like space goblins or something. Yeah, it was weird. So yeah, they're basically taking body parts and they're building the perfect man, kind of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, with yeah. Superman. Rocky. Rocky. His name was Rocky. That's it. What the fuck. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, on this slab, you know, and it gets risen in the air, and there's lightning. It's a whole theatrical display, and Butch comes out on stage, all Frankenstein-like. Beef, god damn it. Why do I keep saying Butch? Butch deadlift. Beef slab case. Chuck Iron Abs. Maybe I'm thinking of shit. Fallout 3, that little snot at the beginning. Roll, fizzle beef. Bush, he's like, give me your Butch, roll. oh yeah, we're the tunnel snakes and we rule. <laughs> yeah, like he reminds me of the tunnel snakes a little bit. The top ceiling light opens up. You see Winslow's head and the first thing I thought of that he was going to do, I thought he was just going to pull out a rifle and just shoot him. <laughs> oh yeah. Just pull Lee Harvey Oswald and... <laughs> Blows brains out. Like, it kind of made me think of that part in Death to Smoochie when that guy, that sniper, was in the rafters, like in the ice show. There's a part, like, just like that towards the end of this movie. Somebody does have a gun. But yeah, how he's just, like, leaning out and he's, like, he swings across, you know, and his cape's flailing. Yeah, he casts Thunderbolt (laughs) and just fucking kills me. Yeah. Yeah, They show, it kind of descends in, like, a weird coffin kind of thing and he emerges. And I was just, at this point, I was thinking, I'm trying to imagine Peter Boyle doing this crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Phantom gives beef a second or two to play out you yeah know? well what do you guys he's, think? Uh, he's doing the do and the funky chicken too working the hips and shit you know? flapping and he's got like this and little rag hanging he out he has a guitar and he's like thrusting like it's a giant wiener really playing it up yeah he's getting he's getting into it getting hot and heavy what do yeah. you guys think about this show i thought like especially after beef fucking gets killed with an electric lightning bolt i was like man this would have been fucking awesome to see for real mm. i mean it would have yeah. been fucked up to see a guy get killed on stage but imagine this just the stories like yeah i was at that thing yeah i mean like the audience kind of howls they love it they it, think 
that's part, part of the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the only people shocked are like Swan. And yeah, like, and the people backstage. Yeah. Like, yeah, like one of the guys in the band from before, I think he like passes out. Oh, yeah. They had like put out this fire. Yeah, Philbin's like, get the fire extinguisher. Yeah, it's like kind of grisly, actually. <laughs> oh, there's one part that's weird, too. Like before he gets killed, his mouth is clearly closed and they have weird him kind of squealing noises. Like, ah, ooh. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like his mouth is closed. I don't know who the hell. Oh, yeah. What did you think about the, the jitterbug electricity effects? I like that. On beef. Way fast animation. Yeah, that, like, was, that was a good effect. Yeah, I thought it looked good, and it's like a really cheap way to do it, too, yeah. that was effective. Swan's got to get Phoenix out to sing to save the show. Yes, because the show must go yeah. on, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, the fat lady has not sung. So uh, they get <clears> Phoenix <throat> on the stage. The Phantom gives her a spotlight of her own. He kills the crew guy and just works yeah. the spotlight himself. And she also has kind of like a dress that seems more like a, a lounge-type singer would wear. That's kind of the style of music she does here, too. It's a more like um, somber and slower S- song. Slower and a little yeah. mellow. But she kills it and the people love it. Fucking tits are blown off, dude. It's crazy. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Blew everybody's nips off with that big song. No nips. Hips and nips. (laughs) Did it and it was so sexy. Don't forget hips and nips. Bloody nips. Bloody nips. My mom (laughs) takes my bloody nips. That's a girl's problem. That's disgusting. (laughs) I'm out of this band. Just Swan goes to Phoenix's dressing room. That's when you get confirmation that Beef is dead. Phoenix seems like a little bit like, oh, maybe she's kind of like Swan now. She's like, I'll do anything. She got a taste of that stage and success and the fame. And he's like, he's like, let me bang, bro. (laughs) Let me bang. Let's just review that whole bitch ass Darius we album. We should track Holy by fuck. track all 80 songs. Holy fuck, that would be awesome. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, Let me bang. And I like that, like they show Beef being carried out like on a gurney. He's like dead now, and everybody in the crowd is still chanting, Beef, 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 Beef. Yeah, like Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves it. Swan seems pretty damn happy. Like he seems pretty proud of how well the show went. Philbin's like, it's not every night you see a rock star get killed. And he's like, yes quite an attraction. The Phantom takes her up to the rooftop, right? Yeah, she, he her like that. beckons her yeah. over and she's like, yeah. oh, who's that? And then he grabs her and takes her up to the roof and he tries to warn her saying, like, yeah. you yeah. don't want to get mixed in with this guy. But she doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know that he's Winslow. She doesn't I believe him. I think he tries to tell her, but like she doesn't, doesn't believe it. Him. Yeah, he like pulls up his mask. She's like, look at my face. Give me back my face. Look at my fucking face. Another bird reference. Phoenix is wearing like a feathery jacket. Philbin warns Phoenix about the Phantom. Yeah. And then she just tells him he's on the roof right there. Like she just tells him right out. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, and then they just immediately call the cops. He is able to get away. So Winslow creeps up to the top of Swan's house, which seems to still have pretty lax security. Yeah, he was like watching Phoenix in bed with Swan. And I think Swan is able to see him. He has him on. He doesn't let on right away. Later, he turns on this video camera. You can like watch <laughs> his himself he gets this, like, being watched. Pegasus half smile smirk. Mm, and he like taps, <laughs> taps the button with his pinky finger. So, he can, so he can watch himself watch Winslow watch him. On a TV. He's it's really weird. Really weird dude into really weird kinks and fetishes. <laughs> fuck freak. He's a total fuck freak. Him uh, and that guy from Jason X would get along real good. Oh, oh yeah. yeah the twisting each other's Twiddly like, dinkly dude. <laughs> twiddly dinks. Um, Professor Twiddly dinks. Well Winslow yeah, right, decides right. to take himself out. He can't take it no more. Yeah, Stab himself in the chest. In the heart. We get that bright dawn of the dead red blood. Yeah. It looked like melted Play-Doh. Like liquid Play-Doh. We see Swan come up fucking post-coitus in his robe. Yeah. You yeah. know and he's just like Winslow's stupid asshole. That's not what you want to do. You know. The uh, contract keeps like him alive because 
because he can't die unless Swan does. And he tries to kill Swan, but turns out Swan's fucking knife proof because yeah. he's under contract too. No blood too. In yeah. This scene that I thought it was really interesting. I think yeah, the knife just wouldn't go in at all. Yeah. And he's like, I'm under contract too, bitch. Man, I love all these turns and twists in this movie. Yeah. Come and think it fast. They show like a magazine cover with like Swan's face, but in place of his face, there's like a question mark, and it's yeah. weird to think like he's been able to control the media to the point that no one knows what he looks like. Yeah. Think about like what the media was like back then and how much smaller it was. Maybe Compared less less invasive. He does hide his face. He's going to be on stage to finish the second half of the show. Yeah, and he's going to marry has... Phoenix live on TV. Yeah. He has to wear a mask. It looks like uh, MF Doom a little bit. He does. Phoenix and Swan, they sneak into the back room because there's yeah. a lot of fans. It looks like she's doing the coke now. But there's this woman that's older. She calls out to Swan like, hey, don't you recognize me? Because he like dips out really quickly and hides. Yep. And like one girl next to her is like, you know him? It's like, yeah, I used to go steady with him in high school. And it's like, are you kidding You're me? You're old enough to be his mother. So it's like, hmm, well, what's and going on? And we see like, this is a picture of him from 20 years ago and he looks the same. Yeah, she's got like a little locket with her and Swan in it. Like it is nice, like all these little touches that are building up to the big reveal, which we uh, are about to find out because... Winslow finds very special tape. Uh, very, yeah. very special tape. It's of Swan getting ready to uh, off himself because he's getting too old. Yeah, it's, and it was taken back in 1953, which is interesting. It's in color. And I assumed that like 20 years ago he was 14 because of the opening monologue. He had his first gold record when he was 14. He's been perpetually 14. Then. I don't think he's still 14. I think it was when he took that video, he was already 34. Four maybe because I mean he looks like the same age and that's how old the actor oh, was. Oh, but he was yeah he was just and getting he was old like just starting general. to get to an older age and not being as pretty as he used to be. So I was like, did this guy start out in the business like in the 1930s? Because what we find out here is like Swan's just smoking off a hookah and he's about to slice his wrist in the bathtub and then the mirror kind of like his reflection talks to him and mm. the background goes red in the mirror. It's a really cool effect. So we find out like he kind of sold his soul to the devil yeah. to stay young, but at the beginning of the movie it sets it up that like maybe he sold the soul to the devil to become like a successful music tycoon yeah so i guess he already was successful because like yeah. he has like the so-called swan archives already i never thought of that i guess it's possible that he is still 14 no that wouldn't make sense no because he probably he be, like, why would he be worrying about aging at age 14 yeah he's probably started out as like a justin bieber pop character he and then aged in the business yeah it, i don't know if he ever was a performer i just assumed he somehow got into the music business at 14 i assume he can't be a performer these days because he can't have his voice or image recorded. And my yeah, theory be. is is because he'd be really old in the photographs. Yeah, that's yeah, why he's he, wearing the mask to yeah. this uh, particular event. Tonight. And that's why he winces every time he looks at himself because the deal is, the devil says, you'll look like this forever, but you gotta yeah. watch this film every day. And I think that's why he films yeah. everything because he's gotta make sure he watches himself every day. Ah, shit, what was the other thing that he said? If this recording is destroyed, like, so are you. <laughs> and that's like the picture of Dorian Gray. That's where that comes in because yeah. about oh. this guy whose portrait ages and he doesn't. Oh, that's he right. stays the same age. Yeah, it was like a painting, right? Or something? Yep. That's what um, it was in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Winslow's face in this scene was great, too. Like, when he was learning the information, he's like, oh! With this yeah. one eye, like, <laughs> angled at the camera. The way he stares, like, you expect a laser to shoot out of it or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so that intense. helmet looks like lasers would come out of that helmet, right? <laughs> Pretty much. He sees on the camera the assassin coming, getting his rifle put together from his briefcase. <laughs> yeah, like Hitman, like Cody name 47 yeah. like putting it together he sees that and he realizes oh shit he's gonna do to her exactly what he did to me he fucking hauls us but not before taking like all of his archives he, he like threw a box and it exploded yeah well he also he sees yeah, a few like, more things like he's also at the 
the end of this tape, you see the recording of Winslow signing the contract. And there's also like a recording of how Swan plans to kill Phoenix on this live TV broadcast. Yeah, because it's great entertainment. I wonder if he intends to kill her or only to wound her. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Just for publicity. I mean, it'd be better for him to have the publicity, but also keep her alive. When we see the guys crosshairs, they kind of look like they're right on her head. Yeah, I it think does. it was. They were just going to kill her, which is yeah. kind of short-sighted on his part. Really. That's what I was wondering, because like you would do that after a celebrity has like a lot of records and stuff. They would yeah. die, and then their music... Her career would... was just starting. Yeah, like like there... You could get a few hits out of her, but then the gravy train would be yeah. over. There are conspiracy theories about the music industry. Kurt Cobain and Michael Jackson are the two that I know the most well. Yeah, they both died. One committed suicide, the other one overdosed. <laughs> but there's like some business around that. Like These artists were becoming more vocal about the record industry in general, and so they were you know killed that also boosts the music sales so that's like kind of what you can read but you're right she has no career yeah so well, there's like, a lot of people that uh, musicians that have criticized the record industry and didn't die it's a conspiracy theory I, the Kurt Cobain thing and I might cut yeah. all this out but the Kurt Cobain thing is yeah. kind of interesting because I've heard different things supposedly with the amount of heroin that was in his system he wouldn't have been able to fire a gun but other people have said that that has been debunked and also just his tolerance could have been really high because he'd been using for a long time but there's some weird things with his death supposedly him and Courtney Love were talking like a lot about his will before he died which is like some people think Courtney Love had him killed and there was like this weird documentary I saw where like he talks to this guy who like alleged that Courtney Love had Kurt Cobain killed and then like not that long after he died he was hit by a train so that's a little weird but anyway also I thought maybe a publicity stunt for the assassination to take the media off of the mask that he wears people are gonna want to know what's up with that and we cut to the show itself which looks like a real fuck freak fest yeah there's like all these girls in again like I guess supposed to be like black swan type outfits yeah. dancing around in formation there's some really good mugging from the camera from some guy who's probably an extra like it shows like this one guy in like in a gray death records shirt yeah <laughs> when the camera goes past him. <laughs> and yeah the archives are on fire Phoenix again dancing awkwardly he makes it to the stage he gives fucking all kinds of chaos breaks out he stabs swan well he swings down doesn't he from the rafters like Indiana Jones comes in well they show him running really fast and his cape is flapping around everywhere. And knocks the mask off of Swan's face. And he's like, oh my god, he's hideous. He's like, give me back my face. Uh, I thought this looked really cool. His... I thought he looked like Mr. Roboto. No, the, his fucked up face after the mask is knocked off. Oh, he looked, yeah. he looked I mean, a little... the mask. He looked oh, like... Yeah, um, yeah Roboto. Almost like the Crypt Keeper without the mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kitties! What an ironic story. <laughs> Whatever. So he bumps into the guy holding the rifle. He's about to blow the brains out of Phoenix and it hits Philbin right in his eye. Oh, yeah. yeah, Philbin was like the priest. It was yeah. pretty funny. He had like a big goofy Pope hat on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what do you want me to say here? And he's like, you just say the lines. Say the lines. Say the lines. And then that like causes chaos. Yeah, that's what knocks yeah. him out. Just the, in the chaos. Looks, it's like all bloody and like falling off. Looks like it's someone like skinned him or something. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, or like it's like melted. He uh, tries to anymore. kiss Phoenix. And he's, and he's like, sugar baby. He's just like, you, you signed a deal. Your voice will be mine. And then, uh, yeah, and then the phantom runs up and like steps one. And everybody's dancing around like a bunch of drunk monkeys. <laughs> yeah, the gremlins came in. They all got <laughs> wasted. Started smoking cigarettes. Yeah, Winslow like, just finds like a pointy hat. Takes off somebody's head and stabs him with it. And then his 
his wound reopens and we get like a good like oh and then blood like flying everywhere swan like falls into the audience and winslow crawls after phoenix he's like phoenix yeah you can see like his eye now like it's the first time we get like a really good close-up of his face yeah and his other eye is still there it's but it's like completely white and, and it's like bulging out yeah. yeah it's like sticking out he looks like toxie a little bit a, a little, little bit. like the makeup was pretty good i thought the makeup looked good on him i thought the makeup on winslow's face looked significantly cheaper than all the other effects it looked a little bit cheesier to me yeah. i thought it was funny i freeze framed and i noticed like behind winslow as he's collapsed on the ground you see somebody just wearing his mask like oh, just really? some random dickhead picked that up and put it on <laughs> they probably think it's part of the show still it's oh i bet they do yeah yeah because the man was like electrocuted last time yeah well that turned out to not be part of the show but, but they the might audience thought it was yeah maybe. unless there's been like news about it since then he kind of like turns his head away so you can't see the disfigured part of his face and jordan recognizes it oh no jordan fucking uh phoenix phoenix, phoenix recognizes yeah. him was this cocktail this fucking got cocktail oh, on yeah. the brain jordan Mooney. <laughs> don't touch me winslow she recognizes him and that's kind of when he dies that's his position that he dies in and it's kind of like he'll be remembered as like the composer Winslow and not the phantom like I took that as a yeah. nice it's whatever. a bittersweet it's end a, he doesn't yeah. get the girl yeah which yeah nobody does really yeah which no is, but which is good really you don't want to be with either of those guys doesn't the phantom of the opera end that way though I don't think so I thought there was a big romance at least in the wishbone version <laughs> That wasn't how it ended. Maybe it's one of those I mean, they redos. There's so on. many. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different film mm -hmm. adaptations that I'm not sure which one is real. But yeah. No, it's a, a really tragic end. I like how it kind of brings it full circle because, like I was saying, the Phantom as a character is so different that it's something that even I kind of needed to be reminded. Oh yeah, this is the same guy from the beginning. It's of the weird, film. right? You yeah. see his face again. It's like fuck yeah, that's what he looked like. It's great. And then credits. And we uh, get Dune. Dune yeah, style. Every great cast deserves a second mention. You see like clips of all of them fucking around in the movie. And there's like a rocking song in the yeah, background. Yeah, and there's like the cool like name and lights graphics for their different names. That's, That's nice. Great. No, more, more movies should do that, I think, for the cast credit roll. And I've always liked it. When shows would do it and stuff like that. Like when video games would do it, like Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's pretty cool. And the, the Dune credits, though, those were the fucking That was best. good. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember the movie. movie's over, and everyone's thinking, what a wild ride, man. What a weird thing, right? Thank you for a ride. Da -da 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 -da. The superheroes are all here. <laughs> Anything can happen now. <laughs> what will happen next? <laughs> Fists will fly at this location. Take <laughs> So Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite sucks. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't buy it then. Holy shit. That sucks. Oh, man. How does it... Well, we can talk about that later, I guess, but... Phantom of the Paradise gets a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 3.9 out of 5. It gets a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb and 3.65 out of 5 on Rate Your Music. How would you guys rate the Phantom of the Paradise? Dice, dice, dice. This movie was pretty good. Like, I went into it not knowing anything about it and I had no idea what to expect. After watching it a couple of times, I'd say it's a pretty good movie. Lots of twists, lots of turns. The performances are good. The music is good. It's got a lot of music in it, but it's not a musical in the traditional sense so I think that's why I liked it a lot more than probably stuff like Rocky Horror I would give this a 3 out of 5 it was pretty good and I would recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it to watch it at least once it's a it's a really great movie I like Keith bought it off the, the Blu-ray cover just like that looks crazy you know we got this like blonde haired guy with bangs and pink tinted glasses smiling there's a Comedian. woman with a microphone a big guy with a Birdman Batman figure metal face there's a goth band on the bottom all this recording equipment it just looks like it go either way and I was very surprised 
surprised. I was pleasantly surprised, I guess. Really enjoyed watching this the first time, and I told Mac about it, like, you gotta see this thing. It's so weird. It's a musical, but it's not a musical. It's just got performances. It's an actual narrative. There's an actual story. There's actual characters. There's actual character development. There's a plot to it. It's just not a bunch of frivolous dance numbers. The pacing is excellent in this movie. There's so much information given to the audience in an hour and a half and some change, and the pacing is beautiful, and all of the information is there. It's on the screen. There's none of this, like, filling in the holes or anything like that. Runs right by, too. Like, the runtime, yeah. you don't even really notice it. It's yeah, this so smooth. might be longer than the movie. <laughs> Probably. It's a lot to talk about. There is a lot to say. Um, the cast is perfect. The music is pretty rocking, pretty catchy. It's more consistent than what you brought up, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think is a half-and-half half kind of thing. First half's pretty good, and second half's not that great. It's, like, it's just a nice, cool, gothic tale of, like, irony. This guy writes this music, and then his image is destroyed, and then his voice is destroyed, and then the ability to even create music's taken away from him. And It's just such a tragic story. It's fun to watch. I mean, for me, anyways. I like sad things like this, I guess. It's really funny. It's also, it can be kind of creepy. I'd recommend it to just about anybody, especially around Halloween time. It's PG, but, you know, that's 70s, so it's iffy. 70s PG, back before there was PG-13. So it's, you know, iffy. There is some blood, some sex, you know, innuendos, stuff like that. But I pretty much would recommend this to anybody. Anybody can watch this. It's a really great time. I'd give it a 5 out of 5. This is Ooh, solid. Yeah. Dang. I think this is a solid picture. <laughs> and, well... I'll admit, I'm also biased. I love horror. This is my favorite genre, so I am incredibly biased towards this type of material. But yeah, I would give it a solid five. Just check it out. It's really great. I'd probably give this a four, maybe bordering on a 4.5. It's a good movie. It's a weird one. It's interesting to me that it was such a flop because I feel like this is like the most 1974 thing that ever could exist. <laughs> it's kind of came out towards the tail end of the glam rock era, and I think it really encapsulates a lot of the music of the early and mid-70s really well. It's really visually strong. It's really just cool to look at pretty much every scene. It makes me want to see more Brian Palmer movies. It's the only one that I've seen all the way through. The acting's great. The cast is just kind of out of left field. It's a bunch of people that I've never heard of that all did a great job, including like a guy, Paul Williams, whose acting isn't even primarily what he does. You know, he's <laughs> so more of a good. singer and songwriter. He did a great job. I like the plot. It's pretty classic. It's pretty operatic. The music is good. This is a good movie. If you like comedies, it's good. If you like 70s rock music, it's good. It's got some cool horror elements. Thumbs up. We Six got a little thumbs bit. Up. So we got a, an email back in like June. Ken has written back in. Hey, okay. He's got more things to say. Hello, Mac, Sean, and Keith. Glad to see here. You guys back in action. <laughs> was curious if there was going to be new episodes. Just wanted to send a mail showing my appreciation for doing Escape from New York and the upcoming Escape from L.A. Definitely looking forward to that. After rewatching both and checking Rotten Tomatoes, I can see Escape from New York is probably the one I should have suggested first, but <laughs> Escape from L.A. was the one I saw, so I stand by my suggestion. Also, L.A. has the basketball court challenge with Kurt Russell actually making those shots. Oh, so it has shit. to get a top spot, right? That was a good scene. Lastly, I don't know what you're talking about, Sean, with the infinite ammo cheats and MGS. I played all those games legit, didn't even know there were cheats. Oh, cough, cough. really? You didn't, you didn't know about Talk the about bandana? Solid, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's some unlockables you can get in, I think, all of them, or at least the first two Metal Gear Solid games. It's a bandana for infinite ammo. It's just long bandana that hangs down, and then like an invincibility cloak. It's not like cheats. Yeah, invincibility cloak. Not invincibility, invisibility cloak. Oh, straight out of Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Went to future, ripped it off. They're on 
unlockables. I think you have to meet certain criteria, like don't kill anybody or don't shoot anybody. You get the infinite ammo, and I think if you get through the game undetected, you get the invisibility cloak. Infinite invincibility. Yeah, dude. Infinite <laughs> ammo invincibility cloak. <laughs> anyway, awesome to be getting new podcasts from you guys again. Keep up the good work. All the best. Mando Cool Kian. P.S. Starship Troopers. This is a film that would be cool to hear you guys talk about. I swear to God, I do like well-made films, too, but these are more fun to talk about. So thank nice. you, Ken, for that. Yeah, thanks, Thank Ken. you. Lovely email. Sorry it took us a while to get more episodes out, but we plan on doing Escape from L.A. in, like, maybe early November. Yeah. So we'll try to have that soon. I think that'll be a fun one. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. These two guys have seen it. I... Yeah, I gotta get that for you. Next week's movie, I don't know, you guys want to do Evil Dead 2? Do you? Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll just, yeah, let's just settle it. It's so hard to decide. So, join us next time for Evil Dead 2. Dropping that deuce of evil on right on your forehead. Dropped a fat deuce. I was blinded by the light, and I dropped a Rolled fat up deuce. Rolled like a douche. And then I felt all right. That's, that's what it is to me. Watch a man cut off his own hand with a chainsaw next time. <laughs> Tune in. Find out. So, check us out at monocoolmoviedudes.com. We're also on iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. That'd be cool. We're also on Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. For a full list of places to check us out at, go to monocoolmoviedudes.com slash links. You can also hang out with us on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash monocoolmoviedudes. I invited Frank Jabsi. He hasn't responded yet. But Frank. Fucking should be, uh... Dude, I name check him on this podcast, and he doesn't talk to us? I might send him a message. He added me as a friend on Facebook, so... Yeah. You have to give him a little slap trip, on the wrist. Trip to Hawaii. You do that thing that nobody does, like uh, Jamaica. Man. We're gonna take him a little trip. Make a lot of money. <laughs> We're also on Twitter, on the Twitterverse, <laughs> the tweeter at Mondo Cool Movies, and you can email us at Mondo Cool Movies at gmail.com. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. I'm General Galen Shaw. <laughs> I'm Mark. Uh, I'm Mark uh, Yeah. Join us again next time for Evil Dead Two. Bye, guys.
Stop.